and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Stand chum, the bearded legend, BBC Broadcasting, Mr. Paul Levy. <laughs> I will not let that go to my head. Thank you very much indeed. Welcome back episode uh, to episode 81. Never a dull moment being an Orient fan. We've got another bumper episode here for you with two games, views on the new manager, plenty of views on the new manager. Yeah. More to the point, updates from around the club. Um, so without further ado, I think it's probably best that we crack on. Absolutely. Yeah. So as always, we start with the supporters club updates. So Hartlepool on Saturday, 22nd of October. Coaches leave Brisbane Road at 8am. £33 for members, £30 concessions with a £3 surcharge to non-members. And then on the 26th of November, Matt Baldry, Darren Ferguson, Doncaster Rovers, get yourself down there. Club... Uh, Coaches depart the club at 8.30am, £28 members, £25 concessions. You can book uh, either uh, before any home game in the supporters club or you can call the travel line on 077-2135970. There's also a beer festival uh, at the supporters club on Friday the 21st of October with beers from Brew Buddies Brewer. Doors open at five minutes free entry, so lots of activity down the sports club. Say that when you've had a few beers. Absolutely. <coughs> so the um, we promised um, during the course of the week, speaking to Howard Gould at the Leighton Orient Trust, we haven't really covered enough of that. So thanks to Howard for dropping us an email with some updates uh, on what's gone on um, in the trust. They've been doing some great work all season. Um, and we just wanted, really wanted to cover some of the bits that they've been doing. So um, the Trust have launched the new Fans for Diversity hub in the old Players Bar in the East Stand, helped with £2,000 of funding from FFD, from Anwar Udin, and also Kick It Out, plus a donation from FCFM, which I think are first-class facilities yeah. management, who also fitted out and decorated the room. It's now a welcome space and sanctuary for any and all types of groups who may like to experience live football. It's got... Its own supervisor, supporter and volunteer, Kirsty Chapman, and launched at our Kick It Out Kick It Out game, thank you, uh, versus Mansfield on the 28th of August when nearly 50 members of Stepney FC, family and friends, came to see the game with one family of four enjoying the experience so much they went on to buy season tickets. Amazing. So well done, Howard, for convincing <laughs> yeah, someone absolutely. to buy, not just one person, but a whole family with season tickets. Good so luck to them. The hub was also used at the Oval game where local children's charity Elhap were our guests. So three players had already visited the Elhap children's playground in South Woodford earlier in the week, and that was Atangana, Erica and Chizak. The charity also had the pleasure of meeting Latalo Mohammed, and that he was from the Olympics. I believe, he was, I yeah. think he was, yeah. Uh, who sat with uh, the families for a while during the second half of the game. So great work there again yeah. from the Trust. I think he's the Taekwondo guy, wasn't he? I think, or some think sort so. of martial art type. So Andy Hessenthaler and Sandro Semedo met about 80 of the Late Orient Trust students after the reserve game with Brentford uh, to chat about what's needed to succeed. As you may know, Sandro was one of these students himself three years ago. So you can't get a better advocate oh, of the system than, than him. Howard also hosted the stadium tour with a group of service users and staff from the Living World Dementia Services in Redbridge in a lead up to the Dementia Awareness Game, which was yesterday versus Portsmouth. And Sam Dolby came with Howard to the annual Norlington Schools presentation evening held at Walthamstow Civic Centre last week. He presented certificates to the winning sports students of each year group and was branded a role model, so fair play. Yeah, well done Sam, only 16 and already doing... uh... Great work with the club. Inspiring, yeah. Um, and Tom Parks came to watch the annual World Mental Health Day tournament on the Score 3G pitch on Thursday and then presented medals and chatted participants. Uh, so this is part of the calendar of events for the Coping Through Football Project that the Trust facilitate in partnership with the London Plainfields Foundation 
and the NELFT, which is basically the NHS. So that was a roundup of all the great work uh, the Trust have been doing, and well done to Howard, Neil Taylor, all the team on the Trust, some superb work there. Yeah. And like we've been saying, it's it's you know a very important time for the Trust to be getting out in the community, especially with West Ham opening up their uh, mental stadium across yeah. the road. Yeah, um, on also uh, from last week, Sky Sports Originals have got a series coming out. It's, uh, and in particular, this one is called Out of Contract. That's going to be shown on Sky Sports 1 on Sunday, the 16th of October at 6.45. The cameras follow five players through very different journeys in their search to stay in professional football. And the, this, the one we're mentioning includes Bradley Pritchard. Be worth a watch for all yeah. those fans. I don't think Bradley got a fair ride with us, to be honest. I think he was played... Promptly mm. out, of, out of position and did the best he could. Um, but when he was moved into centre mid, he actually did quite well. So yep. um, check out what he's up to. Yep, agree there. So the week that was, so it's mm-hmm. been a crazy seven days. So we recorded uh, episode 80 in the morning of Sunday, 2nd of October. And by like half past four, it was already kind of out of, out of date, <laughs> which was ridiculous. So it was a massive day of news, which would eventually result uh, in the club announcing the new manager. So... BBC Radio London announced they would be running a 30-minute feature on Orient amid recent criticism the club weren't featured enough on the station. So, uh, Phil Parry in the BBC studio announced that he would be joined by Vito Michelli, Ian Hendon and Kevin Lisby. It turned out to be a very interesting half-hour show, to say Absolutely. the least. Absolutely. Vito Michelli was up first and he said, uh, amongst many other things, all managers have been given the freedom to manage their way, including picking the players and the team. Then he caused a major moment of excitement by saying a new manager would be announced by the end of the day and is experienced but wouldn't be drawn on the nationality. And Phil did try to push him on that quite a bit. And, and he said, like, I'm, not prepared to, oh, did he? I'm not prepared to say now. Oh, okay. You'll have to wait till the announcement later. So obviously once that went out, everyone was kind of just keeping their eyes on their phones. Refreshing and Twitter. And yeah. Got mental. So after Vito, Ian Hendon stepped up and good to hear from Ian Hendon. He's not, was. not he, said that much at all. He can't. He couldn't. Oh, yeah. Because he had that uh, non-disclosure. Yeah. But he was back with a bang. Uh, so he, a little summary of what Hendon said. He said, Work, working circumstances were different. Uh, lots of interference. Not left to do the job and disagreed with what Vito had to earlier say. Must have been yeah. a stony atmosphere in that room with Vito and Ian both in there. No, 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 it was recorded. Oh, it was recorded. Both were pre-recorded. Right, okay. Oh, no, sorry, Ian was on the phone. Yeah. He'd just been to Tottenham, and Vito was pre-recorded. Oh, okay, fine, yeah. didn't know that. No, uh, yeah, I don't think you'd get them two in the same yeah. room. Yeah, Ian also said he didn't see eye to eye how things were done with the club, so they, he parted ways, but said good fans and good luck to the club. Interestingly, this is a key point, he said he would tell the owner his plans for the match on Saturday, only for the owner to tell him to play another player. Which goes against what Vito had said earlier, that they were given, you know, to an extent, yeah, they could choose most of the players that they wanted to play, but to give true freedom, he lied, Vito. Even when winning, uh, Ian said the owner would criticise, he was told he couldn't use Joby and had difficulty getting replacements when Paul McCallum was injured, Uh, and fairly to say Ian was disappointed it didn't work out. He said that Dave Victor did ask near the mark questions, but Ian couldn't answer them as he was protecting the club. Yeah, he also had said that they had players at the club who didn't want to be there. And advice for the uh, late Norin owner said, need harmony and structure, let the manager manage. Yeah, not rocket science really, is it? No, not really. Also, FB brought a TV presenter in as a scout. He had other managers calling him saying 
the scout had been in touch and asked him what's going on. I mean, that's a terrible yeah. Basically, sign. I think he Presender had been yeah. emailing around everyone saying, you know, I'm we're in the man. market for players yeah. or whatever, and managers are calling him up saying, like, is this guy for real? Some people, I heard that some people actually thought it was like a spam email that it was Crazy. a joke email. Crazy. But when, and when they found out it wasn't, they were like. What sort yeah. of an outfit are you? Yeah, it, it really brought the, the club into a bit of disrepute. It's a real poor way of doing it. Um, with so much content in that in in the show, uh, it actually overran, and unfortunately, we didn't get to hear from Kevin Lisby. Um, but all the interviews are available on the BBC London website. It's on the iPlayer, which yeah. is online now, so you can just Google that um, from last week Sunday. Yeah. So the, those interviews finished, and people were going mental. Um, online waiting for the new managers to be announced. There was a huge rumour that started that it was going to be Graham Wesley and his name was just spread like wildfire. Because he was at Barnet, right? Because he was at Barnet and I think someone hinted <laughs> that it was definitely Graham Wesley. We didn't know as we always won't until we get confirmation that it's someone who we know. Yeah. Um, and then at 9.20, the club announced that 60-year-old Italian Alberto Cavison is the new first-team manager having signed a two-year deal uh, joining him, the club also added Alfredo Vigori, his head of fitness, who will work alongside current fitness coach Simona Lucchesi. I find that strange that you brought another fitness yeah. guy in. You either have one or the other, but the fact that they've got both in yeah. says a lot about... Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I mean, the guy wants to bring his own people in, but... Yeah. Bearing in mind, Simone's got pedigree, but I still don't think he's done that good a job with the players, to be frank. Doesn't look like it this day in the they, season. They don't look very fit at all. I thought no. it was pre-season, it didn't look very good at all, to be honest with you. When I went to some of the pre-season games that I saw, I didn't see much of an improvement. Right. And you know, when you consider that, that Coxie admitted that he came back and he wasn't... Overweight. He was overweight and not yeah. in fitness. You think to yourself, well, surely the guy's got to put something into place over the summer yeah, to make sure that so. Ben comes back yeah. and Paul come back fit as you like. But so I don't I don't really think much of that, Simone Lucchesi, to be honest. Guess we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. So also announced that interim manager Andy Edwards uh, goes back to the assistant manager role and can, will continue to work with first-team coach Danny Webb as part of the O's backroom staff. Um, so, yeah, yeah he's So managed loads of clubs, a huge amount of Italian clubs. Was last at Sampdoria five years ago and got him relegated. Yeah. So your views on my views not very impressed by this appointment it's possibly an understatement on my part I feel like it's history repeating itself when you consider Fabio Liverani had no experience in the UK and couldn't speak English Alberto has managerial experience at least but he can't speak English and doesn't have UK league experience which for me would be essential and given the quality of candidates that are out there it's a bit baffling the club had well over 100 applicants for the role and when you consider who is available you know, this really is un- very underwhelming. However, we can't do anything about it and we'll have to wait and see what he can do for us. No doubt we will go through numerous managers again this season, but I do hope Alberto is successful. Um, he wants to play football on the ground and the right way, which for me is a great positive, a great yeah. a great starting point. Yeah, for me, very surprising appointment, one I didn't see coming. When his photo flashed up on my phone, I had no idea who it was and I did laugh out loud when I saw it in terms of... A, you know, like when you just aren't surprised, it was one of those. Um, and I, like you said, after all the names linked and mentioned with a job, I have to say I, I was over, I was underwhelmed, overwhelmed, underwhelmed. Yeah, yeah get it right. Yeah, yeah. it's a very big difference for me. So not sure what his strengths are, but would have loved FB or An Angeleri to come out and tell the fans why they appointed him. Feel major opportunity was missed there, um, and how they feel he can take the club forward. Because from their perspective, they could have explained it and made sense to me and I would have accepted 
it better. And I think probably most Orient fans are in the same boat with that one. Um, still, we'll always back the manager and we'll hopefully take the club forward. The language barrier is a major concern. And as we all know, last time we appointed a manager who couldn't speak English, things didn't turn out too well. And when we both saw the managerial appointment, you text me and you summed it up perfectly by saying, a little bit of my Orient heart has just died. I think you hit the nail on the head with that uh, one simple text to me. Thanks, mate. No worries. So, as you can imagine, loads of views coming. We haven't included all that we had, but thank you to everyone who sent them on Facebook and Twitter. Absolutely tons. Um, We've got the best, like, million that we're about to read <laughs> now. <laughs> so, starting off with at PJ Meister, who said slightly worrying that he hasn't managed for five years, and that was when he last relegated the team. At underscore Neil Patel said, terrible appointment, never managed or played for a team outside of Italy. Yeah, at Paul R. Gregory, it's a shame he wasn't in place yesterday, but I bet he knows the Barnet team man for man and Pompey and Luton and all. Joke. How sad for the club I first saw in 1968. What a sad, sad day. That's the thing, most people just thought it was really sad. Most people weren't surprised, just sad, and that's like the worst kind of emotion you can it's get. It's like shocked, not shocked. Yeah. Do you know? Just uh, at Len M4, if he doesn't speak any English, then we really haven't learned a thing. We'll be we'll back him regardless, though. Yeah, that's, and that's fair comment. You yeah. can't do anything else but back him. Well, I think you want him to do well. Well, I think that one of the major learnings from Liverani, the FB said, the communication barrier was a major issue. Uh, and when he appointed in Hendon, FB said, "Oh, it's because he's English and he knows the league." And this has just completely gone a different way. From I think what they've tried three English managers yeah, it hasn't and worked. And I use the term loosely. It hasn't worked. I mean, yeah, we haven't gone up, but yeah. there's obviously mitigating circumstances but they won't look at that yeah uh, Paul Staines 86 says everyone on the club's board are clueless he last managed Sampdoria to relegation in 2011 nothing else since hashtag circus at Soph underscore Rosie underscore TFB hope he can speak English and generally just hope he will be allowed to manage and lasts not a name I've heard but maybe me no I'd never heard of him but I don't no really one follow Italian football very well no uh, at Barry Mittelman says so he last managed in 2011 and got Sampdoria relegated to Serie B short sweet dot 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 yeah, yeah at Lyndon Orion I think we could be in a relegation fight now I back him of course but this feels like a Liverani stunt yep at LOFC 1971 said get the maps out I'll find out where Geisley and Solihull Moors are he's obviously talking about FB learned nothing from last time from appointing Liverani he has a 28.7% win ratio his last three jobs lasted 15 12 and 10 games respectively and that's, Harlow, that's a bad stat that is that's, 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 that's not inspiring is it no. at Harlow Orient superb his knowledge of League 2 will be invaluable <laughs> at Easy Lee said he's had more clubs than I've had hot dinners never seems to last longer than a year at most of his clubs at Tor Barton underscore, well, let's hope the next manager knows the conference. Yeah, at Neil underscore Watson 37, short and sweet, down we go. Yeah, at the Authentic Gaz, we need English lower league experience, surely. We could be in big trouble here. I'll give him 100% support, because we're in big trouble. If he fails, and I mean unthinkable, big trouble. Hashtag yeah. hope I'm wrong. Cheers, Gary. I hope you had a good holiday, mate. At Tom P nineteen eighty four says this is beyond the joke. At least we know he won't be here when the next transfer window opens, as we will be due a change by then. <laughs> at eighteen eighty one Orient, Bicchetti will never learn. Brings in random Italians that no one has ever heard of. Too early to judge, but oh dear. At Daniela Graham says, well, he seems to have been fired from every team he's managed, so I look forward to hearing who his replacement is shortly. At <laughs> <laughs> LOFC 1978 said, seems a bit Liverani-like, experienced, yes, but not in League 2. Underwhelmed considering the names that were being mentioned. What I can't understand and fail to see is what FB thinks this guy can bring that likes of Hess, 
Hendon and Nolan couldn't. Would love to know if Wesley, Evans, McDermott were even in the running. Great tweet there. Great name, Nat. Brian McDermott, forgot about him. Yeah, he, he was he's a, he's a He's a championship, well, he's yeah. another Russell Slade yeah. to me. No, but good. I like, would like really his, like, would like to have had him. I like his points there. Yeah. Good points well made. At Scotty Hamilton. Again, short and sweet. Just says, perfect for FB. Hashtag puppets. At dgreen291. Two questions. One, can he play centre mid? And two, is he injured? <laughs> At Samuel FC 97 says, really unhappy with this. FB obviously hasn't learned to someone who's probably happy with all the interference. Yeah, at John Macca, 1977, without swearing, that's the final straw. Bacchetti needs to sell ASAP. He has no idea at all and is too ignorant to learn from his mistakes. Another Italian, another relegation. Loads of experience in Serie A means nothing when he has none in League 2. I fear the worst. Hashtag Bacchetti out. At El Cuado, which is on the bright side, he might be used to working under this kind of setup. Just hope he can speak English for the players' sake. It's a good point there. If he's worked under Italian chairman in Italy, maybe it works differently over there. It's a different culture. Yeah. I, I didn't maybe think that could work. Good point. Yeah. At Josh Parvitt, can't hold a position for more than a couple of years, gets teams relegated. Our club is turning into a mockery. Hashtag Bacchetti out. At Yellowberry9 says, even after tweeting his most recent managerial record, I'm going to be optimistic and say he's going to do well for us. Okay, there you go. There's one balance. There's yeah. one little uh, sun, bit of sunshine in, in, in a doomy sky. At MP Allen Triple Two, never heard of him, but not going to judge him till we actually have something to judge him on. Why don't we give him a chance? Yes, fair point, fair Another point. Another sunshine there. At the occasional one said, it's all very sad. If FB wanted to wind Orient fans up, he couldn't be doing a better job. At Tapstar underscore seven, that's just embarrassing. And considering the other names going round, how did he appeal How did how did he appeal right to Bichetti? Hashtag yeah, Madman. Good point. Again, I'd love to know who would have applied for the job. Obviously, we had the, at the Meet the Chairman night back in July... FB said that Tisdale was his number one target when he pointed Hendon. And I think Tisdale might have got more of those players than what Hendon did. But it was a real eye-opener to find out who had applied, because we didn't know. No, clubs never released that sort of information. No, it'd be great if they did, though. At Flicks yeah. and Tricks, said he was said Alberto was last at Sampdoria five years ago. A five-year career break, or, uh, or an unemployable no-hoper. Yeah, yeah, nice one. And congrats to you and your, um, your wife as well on the baby. Hope you're all well. Yep. Top man, Adam. Um, at Peakin simply says, we are doomed. At Doe Lewis says, just a reminder again, people laughed in the summer when I said, mad Frank wouldn't learn. Mad Frank. <laughs> You're obviously on good terms with him then, <laughs> Lewis. Um, at Wrecker Blue, Blue App said, has Graham Wesley been hired and fired in the time I was in the cinema? Brilliant. Like and it. I just get that. That's Paul Baker backwards. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, like Red Rum. Okay. At Russ BMR says, as long as AEDW is still heavily involved with the first team, this might just work, but only might, as he could provide a bu- buffer with FB. At Kevin McBride 9 says, give him a chance, let's get behind him. Yeah. At Wings Mad says, another poxy Italian, what does he know about League 2 football? Hashtag Bichetti out. At JP72 said, just a man to sort out a battle at the bottom, <laughs> bottom of League 2. At Simon Bedford said, well, the last manager with no hair did okay, but not sure about this one. I at, like it. Yeah, at our demander, Bichetti says he wants success. With this appointment, I realise his definition of the word differs from mine. A lot. Yeah, <laughs> Matty. That's, that's one of my favourite tweets. LOFC Evans is appalling appointment, especially as Evans, Wesley, Decanio, all out of work. 
Heading to the National League and fast. Yeah. At Orient Boy said, Jacket, Cottrell, etc. Available. We go for a guy who hasn't managed for six years and never in our leagues. Joke or what? I know. When you hear some of the names who come up in these tweets, you're just thinking... Dermot. Oh, all of them. Oh, <laughs> all of them um, who have been mentioned that I probably would have been, would have been happy with. Uh, at Stephen Orient says, FB is tried, inexperienced and experienced English managers and an inexperienced Italian manager. So now he's trying an inexperienced Italian no, an experienced Italian. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I thought you said an inexperienced right. Italian. Unexpected item O tweeted us saying, I'll give him till about November. <laughs> At Digger H773046 said, Has FB learnt nothing? Never been so disappointed in an appointment in nearly 58 years of supporting the O's. Well, have you lasted that long? Yeah. At Sharky <laughs> War, give the guy a chance. Bring on Saturday and get behind the boys and see what happens. Yeah. At Speno011 says, Devastating news. You can't make it up. My heart is slow, slowly, slowly starting not to care anymore. This season is another write-off. At Emo Havering, apparently he can't speak a word of English and his CV suggests he likes a relegation. <laughs> Hashtag hello conference. At Ian Manny, Rene and John says, I've always wanted him. Said no Orient fan ever. <laughs> That's a winner as well. And the final word goes to Brucey thirteen, who says, typical negative Orient fans. Bloke hasn't even managed a game for us. How do we know what he'll be like? Perhaps, unlike lower league English managers, we might play less hoofball. May turn out to be rubbish, but shouldn't jump to conclusions so early. A good tweet to end the appointment of Alberta one. So thanks again for all your tweets. If you haven't read yours out, we apologise. Your tweet might be in the show later after the Portsmouth match. Um, so moving on, in the last episode we spoke to Tom Davies from Loft and thought it was only fair that we'd also get on Matt Roper from Loft. So Matt has been with Loft has been involved with Loft for the last couple of months and we thought it'd be interesting to get his views on Loft out now. So yeah. here is Matt Roper I've recorded earlier this afternoon. This is Matt talking about Loft. Matt, thanks very much for, for agreeing to speak to us uh, this evening. Now, you're now on the uh, committee of Loft and, and following, I think it was episode 79, possibly 78 now, um, where Steve uh, was sort of querying what, what Loft have been doing in relation to uh, sort of missed opportunities where there's a bit of anti-Bichetti uh, going through the um, going through the Orient supporters. Um, and, and also, uh, you wanted to sort of come on and, and just sort of really give people an update on, on really what, what Loft are doing at the moment so perhaps if we could start with sort of that side of things and then sort of perhaps we can finish off with, with how people can get in touch with Loft and, and ultimately join and, and, and sort of help yeah, certainly, Paul. Yeah, um, I mean, as uh, obviously you spoke with Tom, and uh, and he updated uh, uh, the podcast on the uh, work done under the ACB and the ground. So that's certainly one big sort of part of the work we've been doing recently. Um, you know, I, I, I fully. Uh, sort of, um, you know, if you like, uh, so understand where Steve was coming from. And it certainly is still something that I think there are a number of Orient fans out there that, you know, that, not that they don't believe Loft is doing anything, but that perhaps we're not quite as prominent as we should be. But I, I, can, I can reassure both members and hopefully, obviously, potential new members that there has been, uh, you know, a hell of amount of work been done by the committee just in the past sort of, five to six weeks and just because we are or, or we don't seem prominent out there it's certainly not the case that that you know things are being done and, and certainly this week um uh, where the survey which is the, the survey we've done of of all fans which has been absolutely superb we're now up over 850 responses 
That ends on Wednesday. And certainly we'll find that this week, in the lead-up to the looting game, and along with the survey results, there will be a lot more out there in terms of what Loft are proposing to fans uh, and also asking for fans fans views as to what they think we should be doing certainly, certainly that as well brilliant and for those uh, while well, you mentioned it for those that haven't done the the survey where can where can someone get a response to uh, get, get get involved yeah in, the survey is open till uh, midnight on Wednesday evening if they just google the Lake and fans trust website page and go on to the first news item and there is a link uh, for the survey there. And like I say, that is still open until um, midnight uh, this coming Wednesday. Fantastic. And in terms of what, what is actually being done, are you able to give us any greater insight into that at all at this moment in time? Or is that something that, that people will have to wait for? for um, sort of a I picture? can, yes. Yeah, yeah I can. Um, we've, we've been hard at work uh, organising this year's AGM, and that is uh, a date to be set in November. The date has been set. But we're just waiting on uh, just a final um, guest speaker to confirm that, that they will be. Unfortunately, I can't tell you who that will be at the moment, but I know fans will be very, very happy um, if, if that guest speaker confirms. We're pretty sure he will confirm. Um, and then a date as well. It certainly will be uh, around about mid-November, and we'll, we'll certainly be looking for uh, not only members to obviously turn up at that AGM, but also welcoming yeah, as many new members as possible because obviously this will be the uh, certainly the most important AGM that I think Loft have, have ever held. You know, since since you know, within their twelve year existence. On top of that, obviously we have the work that, that Tom Davies discussed with you guys regarding the ACV on the ground, but we're also um, doing various bits of work around what, what we would term sort of crisis management and a, and a recovery plan. Again, I can't reveal too much details on that because that's in the that's in its infancy. But that is looking at four or five different scenarios as to where the club appears to be heading and, and, and the situation and the instability the club appears to be in at the moment. Um, it, it's not talking about Loft trying to buy the club. It's just looking at various scenarios that that may well come up within the next sort of you know three, four, five, six, eight months. Um, and on top of that, obviously, we are busy, certainly through me as the recruitment officer, actively campaigning for as many members to join us as possible because we're only as strong as our membership base, Paul. And obviously, the more people that do become members, uh, you know, leads to simple things such as extra funds, you know, whether that be for a fighting fund or to spend on marketing and, uh, and this type of thing, but also on the basis because we want to hear from later on fans just as we did with the survey. We want to hear your, your guys' ideas. We want to hear what you think Loft should be doing, um, you, you know, and, and, and why we think, uh, you know, why you think that we should be doing it. So, that, that, that sounds absolutely great. Now, one of the other things that I think has that, that had come out on social media was obviously your you do the pandemonium. You, you, you know, you've got your own. Um, uh, you know, you do the fanzine. You edit that, and, and obviously being a member of uh, of the loft committee. Um, one or two people were a little bit concerned on social media about the sort of use of terminology that that, that you would use, and 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 how that's kind of 
suggesting how people should think, the use of clown of the owner and, 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 and that sort of rhetoric. Um, obviously, from, from an impartiality point of view, is there, how would you answer someone sort of pointing a finger at you and saying there's a bit of a conflict of interest? Because on the one hand, you need to remain impartial, but on the other hand, you've got the right to say whatever you want. Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I would, I would fully, you know, I'm fully aware of that, Paul, and, and you know, I appreciate how it, how it can come across. And, and look, don't get me wrong, it's, it, it, it is quite difficult for a person in my situation where you run a fan scene. You know, you run a, I run the stand up for the Orient Group, I'm part of the Olympic Stadium Fans Coalition, and also obviously, you know, part of the Lost Committee. But you know, I'm not asking for, for you know, any sort of leeway or, or you know, to, you know, sort of trying to say to people that it's anything other than, than, than a situation I might have to put myself in. Um, I would certainly say that, uh, you know, I, I try to limit now, um, you know, my, my activity on social media that, that might be construed as, you know, behaviour of, a, you know, that, that, that wouldn't be forthcoming of a, you know, uh, of, a, of a loft committee member. Mm. Um, and obviously, I would hope that, that, that a number of fans... Uh, you know, certainly the ones who know me probably do, but maybe the ones who don't know me that well, to sort of, you know, maybe realise that, you know, I, I don't necessarily like, you know, you can necessarily say these or like that, but you've been using the word banter and that obviously, you know, there, there is still some of it that, you know, it, it is a sort of a, a, a fun look at the, the troubles of Leonor and that would be the sort of the fancy side of it. Yeah, obviously, you know, the work I do, on behalf of Loft and, and, and together with the committee, um, you know, it, it is, is not just as important, it is far more important. And obviously, I, I am trying my hardest to make sure that, uh, you, you know, I, I come across in the correct manner and that obviously the um, body in terms of Loft that I'm representing is represented in exactly the right way. But yes, I certainly take on board, uh, you know, some of the comments on social media. Uh, you know, I think, I think, we all know that Matt Roper is a character, shall we put it, and, 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 and you know that that will always be me. And you know, I'm not going to dress up the fact that you know uh, sometimes I, uh, you know, I maybe go over the edge a little bit. But you know, that's my passion for the club, and and, 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 and that will never change. But obviously, yeah, I, I, I fully take on board, you know, all, all the comments put to me. Um, you know, be they social media, be they talking the street, or be they someone sending me a private email. But yeah, fully take that on board, and, and you know, yeah, I just hope that people obviously understand. Um, you know, sometimes there are comments made that they, you know, they actually mean what they say, if you like. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for addressing that. So just, just as a round-up, then, we expect to hear something from Loft during the course of this week, obviously with the survey, um, the survey results, and, and obviously people can still join Loft and there'll be an AGM uh, at a date to be confirmed at some point in November with a special guest speaker that, that won't disappoint. Is that is that fair summary? Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Survey ends on Wednesday. Uh, the AGM we hope to be announcing this week, and then if we do announce this week, we are... Uh, very, very hopeful. We can't confirm at the moment, but we are extremely hopeful that there will be a mass leafleting at the Luton game informing all Leonorian fans of that AGM and who that guest speaker will be and obviously urging people to join Loft if they are worried about the club's future. And, and I think, um, you know, I, I just think generally, as you guys have seen on the podcast, as we see at the fan scene, as we see at the 
um, you know, at the fans' trust. There are a number of fans very, very concerned about Leighton Orient's future. And, and I would urge every Leighton Orient fan out there, whether they happen to be a fan that has started coming this season or a fan of 50 years, please, please do not underestimate. I wouldn't say the crisis we're in, but do not underestimate the situation Leighton Orient are in. And please do think very strongly about joining Lock. If you have any reservations, as I've stated on social media, uh, you can email me. You can email me through the fan team, through the fans trust, and I will answer every email and every concern that everybody has about becoming a member. And I am very, very confident that once anybody has done that, they will join Lock. Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed for speaking to us, Matt. No problem at all, Paul. Thank you very much. So that was Matt Roper there speaking about <coughs> Loft and all the activity coming up. So thanks to Matt uh, and to Tom, who have both been on the podcast over the last two episodes for letting us know what Loft are doing and for keeping us posted. And don't underestimate it. Do do join Loft because there are things being done that, that will all become apparent very soon, yeah. apparently. Uh, Matt couldn't go into too much detail because obviously by committee it needs to be signed off, but you can join for as little as a pound. Yep. Um, so it is well worth getting involved there. So, continuing with the week that was. Yeah, so Monday 3rd of October, Alberto Cavassin gave his first interview since joining the club and said, for a translator, I'm very happy and glad to be here. I would like to thank the chairman for trusting me with this position. He is a very passionate person who loves the club. And in return, I hope I can bring success to Leighton Orient. He went on to say, for me, it's a great opportunity to train in a prestigious footballing country. And it's a very good club in terms of facilities and quality of squad. There is a strong squad here and I feel we have a good base on which to build on. My first day in charge was very good and I felt welcomed by the staff and players from the beginning. The session went well and the group is very positive. At the moment we are missing some good results but we can certainly improve on that. I spent a lot of time studying our team and I've also had some time to look at the quality of this league which is a very physical yeah. one. So interesting comment there that he had been uh, studying the team for a while. Yeah. Ambiguous, how long yeah, is a while? But, you know, nothing surprising there, but good to hear from him and seemed hopeful and positive. So, yeah. happy day. So, Tuesday, 4th of October, happy 24th birthday to Gavin Massey. So, happy birthday there to Gavin. And we had Southend away in the EPL trophy, which we will cover very, very quickly. Yeah, and also, just to jump back to Matt Roper's interview, it's sod law that my phone started ringing during Matt's <laughs> interview, which is what that beeping noise was. So, just in case you were... Curious. So, yeah, the team lined up with Sam Sargent in goal, um, Hunt, Parks, Pollock and Kennedy across the back four with Massey, Weir, Kelly and Anomo uh, across the middle. And then Palmer and Bowery started up front with substitutes, Alex Chisak, Alan Dunn, named in the team for the first time in 10 months, uh, 11 months, Simpson, Karoma, Alzate, Benedicic and Jantz. So all the... Uh... Well, the little that was going on on Twitter was all about Alan Dunn being back in the team. And like you said, well, he comes back. So first half highlights. So thanks very much to at John Mack in 1977 who went to the match and was keeping us posted yeah. uh, via his tweets. And he summed up first half by saying, decent half. The O's fell away a little in the last 10 minutes. Need to be more of a threat up top in the second half. 
and watching the um, highlights on Orient player as well, I actually thought some of the stuff we played was actually some pretty decent football. Yeah, first half hour was supposed to, to be, be decent. Mm. So George Sessions also tweeted at half-time saying nil-nil, not a lot to write about, it has been dull, although Southend finished stronger. Yep, um, but just to also go back, two changes for Orient, uh, sorry, no, just to carry on, sorry, two changes at half-time for Orient, it's Tom Parks is replaced by Alan Dunn and Gavin Massey is replaced by Jens Jantz. Dunn goes to right back and Hunt to centre back. Jantz goes to right midfield. Yep, so attendance announced at 2,383 with 413 away fans. Not a bad turnout. It's decent. For an EPL trophy. Most of them live, most fans, not most, a lot of fans live out that way, so it's probably pretty pretty local. So a bit of action in the second half, so 52nd minute. A good move by the O's as Jantz raced onto a ball from Kelly. Sets up for Bowie, but his shot was pushed uh, wide, and I think you know you're saying that was decent build-up play. Yeah, it was actually a decent save by the keeper. In 68th minute, Alan Dunn plays a one-two with Jantz to get away down the right and delivers a cross, which is headed wide, but uh, sorry, headed wide by Nomo. He was under pressure. There. A lot of people said he should have done better and scored there. He was under pressure by the covering defender, so I think it was probably a six of one and a half dozen the other but I think it was a bit unfortunate to miss apparently Maybe the ball was quite good from Dunn fantastic it's perfect ball and it's it what was. Dunn can offer you I guess yeah, absolutely and then the game decided by the only goal which came in the 82nd minute Southend scored Fortune turned in the area I think he turned Hunt I think we were saying he did. wasn't it um, and a decent finish by an experienced striker uh, and the uh, ball went in off the far post. Too easy, yeah. No, it, no it, Sam Sargent sort of got fingers to it, and it, unfortunately it wasn't enough to yeah. to bring it back round. But no, Hunt, Hunt should have done a bit better there, I thought. Robbie Weir uh, is forced off in the 87th minute through injury, and he's replaced by Jay Simpson, who gets booze from the <laughs> South End fans. Brilliant. So, match finished 1-0. John Macker summed it up at the end by saying, uh, Glimpse is a good play, but fell away as the match wore on. Very little fight. So again, thanks John for your tweets during that game. And that was it. Yep. Um, Wednesday the 5th of October, nothing to report on there. So we move on to Thursday the 6th of October. Harry Cornick wins the official Orient Goal of the Month award for his goal away to Carlisle. So well done to Harry. Yep, well done there Harry. And in the evening we finally had a date night, me and Paul. It's been a while. (laughs) Uh, So we made it to the Southwark Playhouse to watch the greater game. And what a play it was. Fantastic. I can't I can't urge people enough this week. If you're listening to this on Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. Before it finishes it runs Saturday. Saturday night is the last night. Get yourself down there. Get yourself a ticket. Go online. Do it. It will be the best 20 do quid it. you will spend going out, honestly. And there's a Weatherspoons around the corner if you want a cheap beer. Yeah. Or drink a bit bite to eat beforehand. It's Elephant and Castles. It's not the most salubrious of, or, easy, or, or, or sort of local of places, but... It is worth putting yourself oh. out for that evening. It is two and a quarter hours and it's got everything you'd want from a play. It's based on a true story. It's got comedy. It's got tragedy. It's got normality. It's got everything you need. And I spoke to Peter Kitchen in the um, supporters club after yesterday's game and, and just, just thanked him for um, for basically bringing it to the to, to the stage, really. Um and, and, and it genuinely is a fantastic play. Yeah, it's really cool. So we spoke to uh, Michael Head, uh, who wrote the play and who actually uh, has a role in the play um, after it. And here is what he had to say about it all. Cool. 
so we joined them tonight by Michael Head just after the performance and what a great performance it was. So just to give us a bit of information, Michael, how did you originally get involved with, with the project? Um, I saw it on a Sky News um, reel uh, eight years ago, basically just saying London Club went to war. That was it. Um, five minute section on near Remembrance Sunday and I uh, found out it was Orient through the internet rang up the club and uh, they went oh you need to speak to a guy called Steve Jenkins give us your number he'll call you back yeah. so I put the phone down and went hey never going to happen 15 minutes later I'm on the phone <laughs> to a, a Steve Jenkins who wrote, went you're interested my book I went yeah I'm a, I'm, I'm a playwright I think it's an interesting story I'll come down to the club so I, I, next Saturday I'm guest at the club I'll see um, Orient beat Sheffield Wednesday 4-1 oh the Wednesday yeah, that was my first my first uh, visit to the O's. Knew nothing about World War One. Knew nothing about the club really, other than um, I'm a Leeds fan, and I went there once uh, for for a league game. That was it. And um, read the book, started speaking to Steve, hearing his passion for the story, and I could not believe it was literally like hitting gold. Yeah. You know, striking oil. To just hear this story, all the all the different branches, the the, the heroism, the, the the comedy elements, the different characters, all the wonderful stories. And um, I remember thinking there's about six or seven stories that would make a play. So to put them all to in one is special. And um, I said to him on that day, I went, well, look. You know, just see the 4-1 win. I went, I promise you I won't mess about with it. I'll keep it all in. We'll keep true to the facts. Um, the one thing I'm going to try and do is I'm a comedy writer. This is a powerful story, but it could be two hours of, you know, depressing, yeah. painful emotion. I went, I want to try and make it as funny as possible. Because if we get the audience laughing, it's easier to then hit home and to get them crying. And uh, that was that was our aim, mate, years ago. And it just sort of took on from there. So from now, obviously, you've got a great cast, great team. How, how have you found the reaction to it to be? Yeah, we've done yeah, we've done well. I mean we've had war veterans in, um, we've had Chelsea pensioners in, um, a lot of people we had a couple of Chelsea pensioners stand up and salute at the end the other day. Wow. Um, we've had the families down, we've had McFadden's, Jonas's, Scott's are coming, um, and know that Peggy's uh, family have come down. And it's been received so well that the fans have enjoyed it. We had as you see we had hundred people in tonight, they're not all Orient fans and they was all laughing on their feet, clapping. Um, he's been critically has been a bit hit and miss, but that's the nature of critics. Um, but as an original first show, um, you know, they say shows ain't written, they're rewritten, which is going to be true. There's going to be changes. And when it goes out again, it will be edited. But for a first run, um, it's special, you know. And, and to, I was hugged by McFadden's great niece the other day. That's an amazing achievement. And, um, and, and the Orient fans, you know, you only have to look on Twitter or Facebook and we'll go around the ground to, to see the wonderful reaction. So we're all immensely proud of what we've done. And so, so where does it go from here? Obviously, the show is still running. Yeah, we um, we close on the fifteenth of October. Um, tickets are still available. And, how, and how would you go and book tickets? How, uh, what's uh, the best way to get them? The best thing to do is to go onto the Southwark Playhouse website. So Google Southwark Playhouse, and um, it'll, it'll link you through to the Greater Game, and you can book tickets online, um, or you can ring ring the box office number, which I should know but don't. <laughs> <laughs> just just to jump back very quickly, just before we end, um, it's quite an, quite esteemed cast how do you get you know Nick Hancock's and Charlie Charlie Brown yeah how, how do you no I got Charlie Clements because he was Brett yeah. yeah so how do you get how do they buy into it how, how difficult easy well, they, how does that come about uh, our director Tilly has been involved for a while um, long while um, 
is very respected, very well known. She's worked with a lot of the cast. I mean, she's currently in Damned on Channel 4 with right. Nick Hancock, so they're sharing the set. Um, and she's worked with, with a lot of the other actors. So when they know the director, it, it, they, you know, they are, they, there's a bit of respect there already. And basically, we sent the scripts off to the agents. The agents are sort of like, the, as, as with football, you know, they're, they're the, the, the doorkeepers, so to speak. They read the script, they liked the script, passed it on to the, uh, on to the actors. They read the script, they liked the script. So that, that's, that's how, you know, the, it was the script and the director that won them over. And that's, that's how we got them on board. So, we, you know, we're, we're delighted to have an amazing cast. I mean, it's, um, it's not only have we got some high-profile actors that are wonderful, you know, the whole cast are, are, are exceptional, with the exception of uh, Jumbo, but they had to put him in because he wrote it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they've, they've all worked so hard. They all believe in this story. We've we, we come to meet Peter Kitchen and Steve at the club. We went around some corner memorial cards and he hit home and they, they realised that the... Um, the, the, the power of this project and they all bought into it very quickly and they, they do a wonderful job so yeah immensely proud of them and yeah again it's just it's, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of brilliant thank you very much for having us no thank you appreciate you, you sparing the time to speak to us thank you Michael cheers thank you so that was Michael Head who um, wrote the play um, in based on Steve Jenkins's book they took the lead so well done to Michael, the cast, Steve Jenkins, Peter Kitchen and, and everybody who's played a part in getting this play made and brought to the to the stage. Um, and, and really, no matter how you're feeling about the club at this moment, this play will make you really, really proud to be uh, a Leighton Orient fan uh, and proud of the history of the club as well. Um, get down there, go and see it. It's a couple of hours of your life that you will not regret giving Absolutely. up to go and watch this play. So thanks for having us, Michael, um, and to everybody else that's been to see it. Well done to you. Yeah, I'd like to see a few directors go get, get themselves down there. Uh, you know, I'd like to see some of the board go down the board, there. Yeah, Alessandro, Vito, some of the players to really... I'd say it's a bit disappointing that none of them have really been down there. I know Steve yeah. Dixon went to fair play to Steve Dixon. Oh, he did, yeah. Okay. Apart from that, no one's from the club, to my knowledge, have been. I know Kitch has obviously been, Steve's been quite a few nights, but an amazing show. And if you're staying away from Brisbane Road because you're not happy with the current regime, get yourself down there because it will just be the uplift that you need, need. Yep, yep absolutely so moving on to Friday the 7th of October Tom Parks is voted the player of the month for September by the club so well done Tom yep well done Tom and also head of the Portsmouth match Alberto Cavison uh, spoke with George Sessions and said I'm very excited I'm looking forward to the Portsmouth match and everything at this club I'm looking forward to the pleasure of being a manager in England I'm living this experience like it was my first job when I was 30 years old so that was 30 years ago he was 30 years old um, so he goes on to say the squad we have with these players can also play 4-3-3 with just one training session before the South End match any changes to our formation will happen in the future I want to change the way the team play but I don't want to change the system now and create a problem for the players I think if we play faster and take advantage of all of our qualities then we can definitely improve the results which you can't fault the guy for no. what he's saying there I genuinely think that that's, that's what he's thinking he's not just saying it no, to, to make himself sound good a 4-3-3 could be an interesting uh, <coughs> formation for the O's and one yeah. that he might feel the team's more suited to so yeah. we'll see it's, you know, he's only been in charge for barely a week so obviously getting his head around the club and the players' strengths and the weaknesses so we'll see so moving on to yesterday Saturday 8th of October as normal under 18 won again beat <laughs> standard one, yeah beat one within 3-1 two goals from Josh Caroma one for Stephen Alzate so well done the youth who are just flying away with that league making it look ridiculously easy 
Absolutely. Um, Portsmouth at home. Um, I was very fortunate to be invited to speak uh, on BBC London. It was meant to be pre-recorded, but as it turned out, I did it live. Um, great experience. So thanks to Emma, Phil and Dave Victor uh, for having me. Um, and yeah, it was great. And I hope that I put across uh, a, a balanced opinion that yeah. people can uh, potentially, well, hopefully mostly agree with, but maybe disagree with. And that's absolutely fine. But no, you did. Um, hopefully I did. Did all did. right. And if you want to listen to it, you can listen to Paul's uh, post-match comments on the BBC, is it the iPlayer? iPlayer, yeah. And we've tweeted the link, so if you go back to before the Portsmouth match, you'll see Paul's... It's uh, on Facebook, our Facebook group for sure, yeah. on my Facebook. Yeah, and it's on Twitter, so yeah, you'll be able okay. to listen to it. So Fast forward, I think, to 16 minutes and 40 seconds of the pre-match, pre-match. and I think something like 45 minutes into the post-match. Oh no, they've, they've put your interview up as a standalone, your pre-match. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I missed that, mate. You got the, uh, you got the. Uh, oh, they put special. Oh, did they really? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'll show I you after the pod. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Wicked. So, thanks again for your score predictions. We'll come to them at the end. But something we noted was it's probably the first time properly while well, doing the prediction league that a huge percentage of results coming in for the opposition. Interesting one to see. So yeah. the tide is definitely turning. So team was announced. Chizak in goal. Back four of Hunt, Erico, Parks, Kennedy, which is a normal back four, I would yeah. say. Midfield of Jantz. Massey, Kelly and Nobo, and the front two, McCallum Simpson, subs, Sam Sargent, Dunn, on the bench for the first time in the league game since November, Palmer, Bowery, uh, Semedo, Pollock, and Benedici. Yep, five changes from Tuesday's Checker Trade Trophy game at Southend as Chisak, Erico, Yance, McCallum, and Simpson all start. Atangala remains out with a groin or hip flexor problem, whilst Harry Cornick misses out with a similar injury picked up at Barnet. Yeah. And for those that were really listening you'd have noticed that Robbie Weir played on Tuesday night despite having a three game ban it didn't didn't count for the checker trade trophy so that's yeah. why he's now not in the squad so he's for Saturday and he's not in next Saturday's correct no. that this this was his second yeah. of three Whereas that he missed got, only got a one match one ban, match why he played um, yep. and Atangana like you said misses the game he failed a late fitness test yeah and only hopefully we'll be back next Saturday he says he will I've caught up with him after outside so, so. He's, he says yep. he should be fit for next week so match kicked off um, um, bit of a frantic start. Decent start, to yeah. be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolute decent. Within the first minute, we'd, fir- we'd forced the corner. We'd had a two or three more chances in the first sort of couple of minutes. Paul McCallum saw a weak shot. Yeah, with the keeper's save. legs. Yeah, so... But it was it, the, the intent was positive and, and it was like, I think it probably, for all of about five minutes, shut a few people up. But what was the atmosphere like in the ground? Uh, bit muted to be fair yeah, a little bit okay. a bit bit weird really because despite there being a bumper crowd just over 6,000 as we'll say later um, it was a little bit odd it wasn't positive and it wasn't t- particularly toxic it wasn't particularly okay. negative I think it was just that a bit of a weird ambiance because people didn't really know what yeah. was going to happen okay and in third minute this is our Portsmouth goal for offside got to say the guy Chaplin Great finish by the guy, and it was only marginal if it was. I, I didn't think, think it, it was blatant. No, I think it was. It, no, I don't. I think it, it was, wasn't a blatant offside. That was. Uh, I think we got a bit lucky. Yeah, great finish. Yeah, so lucky but, for us. Yep. And then a few seconds later, uh, Liam Kelly go, goes down right by the dugout. Didn't see what happened. If he just pulled up and and just stopped running or what, but he he, he basically sort of was the only natural midfielder that we had and got it. Gets injured within three get, minutes. He gets subbed after three minutes. Interesting to see what you've known about players not looking fit. Kelly's has started quite a few games that he hasn't ended. 
because he just seems to get injured quite a lot. Maybe he's not fit. An interesting one there. He's not being managed right yeah, now. Yeah, possibly. Uh, as well. And then I thought it was really weird because five minutes went past and we played with ten men. So they're obviously trying to get him back on the pitch. No. No? No. He'd, oh. gone, he'd been stretched off. He was gone. Done. Finished. Oh, so Good night. God bless. Oh, okay. Thanks for coming. So we waited a whole five minutes before Sandro Semedo came. came. It was four minutes yeah. before he started getting changed. Yeah. We're like, well, uh, what? what? What's going on here? Why, why aren't you making a sub? No idea. Absolutely spectacular. I, so I don't Sandro, understand that. Sandro came on and yep. you know you had a midfield now, four wingers. Yeah. Yeah. Gavin Massey, Sandro Semedo, or Jantz obviously is a defender. Yeah. But Harry Cornick. And, oh, no, no, not, not Harry Cornick. Um, the other oh, one no, that we had was a no yeah, yeah, crazy. So, so eighth minute, free header for Pompey from a corner. Again, set pieces which we'll come on to yep. later. Um, no, I think no one, was, no one near him. That was the Ben Burgess, I think. Wow. If I remember rightly, it was Ben Burgess. No one near him. No one picked him Crazy. up. So eleventh minute, Erico goes down for scissor kick. Penalty. Got taken out by a scissor kick. Ref wasn't giving us anything. Did you think it was? Was it? A penalty? Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a stonewall penalty. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a stonewall penalty. So not given. That that should have gone down. And contrary to what the report on the BBC website, it was Erico that went down, not cool. McCallum. In the fifteenth minute, a weak kick from Chizak um, cool. went straight to their player. Their player cool. did squared it. Good ball and. We they had a shot. Chizak yeah. made a good save, but he it was re- his error in the first place. It was his error. He just about redeemed himself. He made a good diving save, but for goodness sake, that was that was that was the worst I've seen. That's bread of, of Alex Chizak. Bread and butter for keeper, right? Just yeah. Kick the ball out and get yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. he did kick it out, but he kicked it so, so poorly <laughs> that it hit their man. Yeah. And then hit his man, and then I think he slipped and fell, but then he managed to sort of just get up and recover in time. Would but have been an awful goal to concede that one. And then you know we were lacking momentum and drive from the midfield. Yeah, there really wasn't anyone picking it up and driving it forward. You know, Gavin Massey has been playing centre mid because yeah. Robbie Weir's been out, but we were we just didn't seem to we just seemed to lack. There was nothing to help the d- defence and release the pressure, but also to supply the front too. It was really lacking across that middle. And Nomo was running at people and Sandro was being shoved off the ball too easily. It wasn't working yeah. with the wingers. It really wasn't. Sandro's um, got gone off the ball, I'd say, the last couple yeah, of weeks. So it wasn't it didn't seem effective at Barnet and ended up coming off. Yeah. Um, but then saying that in the nineteenth minute it was some good build up play from a Nomo and he forced a corner. So So twenty fifth minute, you said you noted again, been playing some decent football in the last couple of minutes, everybody yeah. working hard, which is all we asked yeah. to see. And you said a Nomo and Eric not doing so well, but a trying. Yeah, absolutely. So 28th minute, play, Portsmouth player booked for diving in the box. We actually all thought it was a penalty Portsmouth and all the Portsmouth fans as well. But it looked like he pointed to the spot there when, when he did. That's why we thought. But yeah. then it it did look like a stonewall penalty, but he's booked the guy for diving. Yeah, I saw him so, say it did, it did look like a penalty. So I guess a lucky let off there, but he booked him. So he, he was pretty him. certain yeah, he was diving. Yeah. And then, you know, in the 36th minute, Sandra and Nomo switched wings. Yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. again, but it looks like the owner, the, the manager is looking at changing it mid-game to freshen it up. Yeah. And maybe if you're not having so much success on one side, move them. Like it, like got, it. Got to give them credit for that. Hundred percent credit for that. Yep. And the and fourth minute, I think you said Portsmouth piling a bit of pressure on. They got two corners and had a few efforts on goal. Um, We're very lucky to be to be nil nil at that yeah. point. Yeah, they're putting us under a bit of pressure. So half time came. It was nil nil. Yeah, didn't really ever test David Ford. I think you know. I think his goalkeeping gloves were still clean from when he took him out the wow. packet that morning. Uh, I think we really are lacking in the final third. Liam Kelly being a big loss for us. 
mixed feelings about the first half. There were some good parts, but also looking a little bit shaky at times. And you know, we really didn't look like scoring, so okay. which is always a concern. I think the thing is, Portsmouth are a decent team in League Two. So they'll be. It wasn't like they we were playing a new and but they weren't impressive. Yeah, maybe. And do you know what? I, sh- I don't say it later. I'm going to say it now. Teams are not having to work hard to get three points from us. Yeah, absolutely. Or to look good against us. Yeah. You know, Portsmouth huffed and puffed and worked really hard, but there wasn't really anything that says like pl- pl- uh, like Plymouth. That wasn't a top of the table performance for me. They just came from... and bat- with us. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So attendance announced just over 6,000, 6,038. With 1,328 away fans, so well done, Pompey. We knew they'd decent support. bring up decent support, and they sold, I think they sold it out in about an hour, I think their yeah. website announced. So second half was kicked off with another sub for the O's as Alan Dunn replaced Paul McCallum, and we went to a 4-2-3-1 and Dunn, with Dunn and Jantz holding. I'm not yeah. sure. So I saw it that way. I saw it more as a 4-5-1. McCallum came off. Yeah. I don't know why, though. Okay. No one knows. No one seems to know why. No one's reported why. Yeah. I was in reception area doing post match with BBC London, and he walked out. I didn't get a chance to to collar him and say what was that about. Yeah, okay. but, well, George yeah. Sessions felt the same as you. So George Sessions tweeted saying, "I'm surprised McCallum has come off, but I think Caverson wants to give Massey more of a license to get forward and keep the O's solid in the middle." So maybe that was why. It's a 54th minute. What a fairy tale story this would have been. Alan Dunn got played through by Massey. Chipped his effort, but got saved by four. Could you imagine what would have happened if Alan Dunn had scored? The back page of the football league paper would have been absolutely splashed with labels. When Alan Dunn was announced, so we do the team photo lineup. I didn't even have a photo of Alan Dunn because I was just not aware that Alan Dunn was even in contention. Yeah, but great to see Alan Dunn back. Fantastic, and do you know what? He worked really hard. <laughs> he looked a little bit lost at times, like he was he sort of running ragged Bet a bit, but. Fair play to him because you know he kept it going yeah. and he didn't give up and he intercepted some really important passes during the game as well. And then just three minutes later, a uh, goal for Portsmouth as Ben Burgess with a free header about eight yards out uh, and from a corner that Sandro Semedo had conceded from earlier. Same old story, mate. Same old story. Conceded corner, don't mark up, don't have anyone on the far post. Well, he was marked by Erico, but not very well. Not very well. All right, don't mark him well, no one on the far post. Basic defending and if you can't defend like that, Yep. you're going to lose pretty much it was poor it was very More very poor defensively win. moving on then in the 65th minute Hunt prevents the Pompey uh, number 19 wandering yeah so basically the number that, that Portsmouth were making substitutions so they were trying to waste time and their number 19. 19 was trying to run to the other side of the pitch to waste time but Hunt physically manhandled the guy to stop him from running and frog marched like him it. towards it like to stop it. him and then his number comes up and then Hunt sort of shoves him in the back so he's like go on get off like it you're going off well I thought done, that was Nicky fantastic Hunt. so well done to Nicky Hunt and then you put a note saying about the midfield yeah it really shows what can happen when you don't have a decent midfield really missing Nigel Atangana and Robbie Weir's ability yeah. here interesting to see you next week yeah. with Luton on the way so 73rd minute Made a note saying Portsmouth were on top for the last 5 10 minutes. Yeah, didn't they really, really have much of an attacking threat. No. Uh, 80th minute, Nicky Hunt nearly scored an own goal. Cross so there was came a cross in. Came yeah. In. yeah. Hunt, um, I think, got his header wrong. Um, I think he was trying to put it out, but he sort of more glanced it goalwards, and it's. Chiss um, was, st- was standing there, sort of rooted to the ground, and it's just hit the post. Lucky. You could do nothing but watch that hit the post. And Lucky. Pray. And then it comes back out into the six yard box. I think Parks yeah. clears it. Cool. And in 81st minute, Palmer came on for an Omo. Uh, who you wrote has been very quiet and forgot he was even playing that's disappointing actually uh, and we went to a 4-4-2 in the last 10 minutes to try and get something back from the game went and long ball we changed tactic and just went long ball they were just hoofing it to Ollie Palmer nothing worked then no so 4 minutes of injury time played but we couldn't find a goal so Alberto Caverson's first game in League 2 
starts with a defeat as we lose 1-0 to Portsmouth. Yeah, post-match, Alberto Cavasin said, set piece is something I didn't get a chance to work on during my five days here. So it's something we definitely have to get sorted out. There is a sadness having lost a good match in which we played well, but have to recognise Portsmouth is a good team. Surely, like we said before we come in here, surely you can spare an hour to work on set pieces and make sure people know what they're doing. Well, you'd think that'd be one of the first things you kind of work on, knowing that our defence hasn't been very good. You'd probably go, right, we need to work on Shut the back door unit. and, yeah, you yeah. at least get a point. He also went on to say, not having Kelly anymore, we had to decide what we to do in midfield. Maybe that's why it took so long. But not having that <laughs> type of player with the same characteristics of Kelly. Let me just come back to that, right? Sammy Moore got one at Dover playing yeah. Lee below Freddie Monker's loan yeah. at Wingate and Finchley finished Yeah, and he's, he was pictured at, at the club oh was he oh, yeah. okay, Nigel Atangana took a selfie with him oh, Charlie okay. Granger and, yeah okay. so he was back so why couldn't he yeah. I know he's young and whatnot yeah, yeah, but yeah. as someone who knows that role yeah. so he said in the last 20 minutes of the first half we were not as compact as we wanted to be on this occasion Portsmouth had more chances at goal we know it's a muscular type of problem for Kelly we're still waiting for the exams and when we find out we will work out what we can do so Kelly was limping out quite badly. Was he? Yeah. Okay, so it doesn't, like, look like, badly. doesn't look like a bluff then. So we've seen the Orion yeah. bluff where they say this person, players are going to be out for two or three weeks and you see him on the... Uh, I was surprised he didn't have crutches to be fair because really? he okay. looked like he was in quite a bit of pain. But so, wish, obviously wish Liam Kelly well and wish him speedy recovery and hope he gets back into the team uh, and squad soon. Yeah, so that league table now looks, uh, following that defeat, means we slip to 20th. 20th in League uh, 2, our lowest league position for... Thick end of 10 years yeah. from, from what I can remember. So, played 12. We've won three, drawn three, lost six. We've got 12 points and a goal difference of minus three. I think, you know, even though 20th in the table, it's still really early days. And we could be sitting here three weeks and we could have won the last three league games and it would look completely different. True. But at the moment, though, it doesn't look good. But it's still when you're so the, early. It's still so early. When but you're at the bottom, it's harder to yeah. move up than when you're at the top to... To, to lose your flow so my views on yesterday's game was yeah. I thought the first half was fairly positive Liam Kelly's presence in midfield uh, was really missed when he went off with the injury but you think we'd be more attacking with three wingers across a four man midfield second half was awful and so many individual players making poor decisions and mistakes the only positives were Kennedy and Hunt for me credit okay. to the new manager for changing the formations and trying to get a win liked an early change by bringing Dunn on uh, just can't see where a goal will come from though Ford only had one th- one or two things to do all game and the front two really didn't get any service uh, which is a real shame yeah. as I said spoke to Nigel after and he should be back next week and we're light on players uh, especially experienced players Klahesi, Cox, Nandale, Kashkit more out on loan Moncoya now back from his month loan should have at least made the bench in my opinion but instead we play a right yeah, back in centre midfield um, we started to go long ball late on in the game uh, and more so when, when Ollie Palmer came on and just going back to that you know Tom Parks was, was got, got, mask, got caught he? yeah he wore a face mask so obviously he's got a nose yeah. injury a face injury but he was poor I heard like, that he, 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 yeah. each time he got the ball he they were closing they were closing us down high they were press, pressing high press, and yeah. if you read Matt Bristow's Matt Bristow got it bang on the money again 100% <laughs> on the money yeah and he said that their wing back, their, their their left and right back would press forward. They would then press forward, and we could counter attack if we sort of when they were forward. Mate, I'm telling and you, and we did. I'm and telling you, someone from the club needs to speak to Matt Bristow and get him in, get him in on a Friday, and say that this is what they're going to do. Because Matt's he's emailing the, the analysts, his 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 staff. Brilliant. And and what they did was one of the strikers dropped into sort of more midfield, and one went in behind the back, and they interlinked yeah. that. And the one that stayed up top press Tom Parks 
and put him under pressure to make a mistake, and he made mistakes. That's what you do, mate. Good game plan from Portsmouth. Then fantastic, it worked, it worked so absolutely brilliantly. My view, yeah. Well, I didn't go, but you know, another yeah. defeat to strong opposition. Sounds like we did it right from the first in the first half, but nothing in the second half. And it seems that once we go a goal down, there's nobody to drive the team forward to drive the team on. Like you mentioned, no central midfielders. So I'm concerned about that for next week, but hopefully, Atangana will be back. It didn't seem like we had an attacking threat at all yesterday, but. You know, very early days for Alberto, so fingers crossed. Yeah. Also, Kenny Jacket was there yesterday. Yeah, what was. is Kenny Jacket doing there? I don't know. He had a nice jacket on as well. <laughs> Could the plot thicken? If it does, you will find out. Seems strange. First, he so. must be he must be scouting for someone who's Possibly. playing against Portsmouth in the future. Possibly. Possibly. I don't know. Maybe he's doing a bit of work. Maybe like we can see his good friend Alan Dunn. Maybe. Oh, that's possible. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who from, knows? From Millwall. So, so those were our views, yeah. and we had an email in. So now it's your views. So we had quite a lengthy email in from um, from Cliff uh, Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. If you're not on social media, um, and he says, well, yet again we lose at home. Yet again we fail to place the away team under any kind of pressure. We now have a new manager, and in today's game, you can see he wants us to play. For example, he swapped wingers midway through the first half and also tried to play out from the back, etc. Yeah, and he said, to be honest, it's good to see someone come in and try and press his style of football on the players straight from the start and it will take time for the players to get used to a new way of thinking and playing. However, at the moment we have a group of players who at this very moment are very low in confidence, self-belief, organisation, a lack of leadership on the pitch, but worst of all, a lack of passion. Cliff, mate, now down the head there. Today, yeah. even though Pompey created very little and then put Chizak under too much pressure, what they have, and it's something we miss the most, is the will to want to win the game. From the first to the last minute, they totally ran their socks off and placed us under so much pressure by closing us down every time we had the ball, they had to keep going backwards and the ball ended back with Chizak time and time again. Spot on. Cool. Absolutely Very well spot on. Good point. Today's game, he goes on to say, today's game is a clear example of the lack of confidence and belief we have when our only shot on goal that made their keeper actually make a save came from Alan Dunn, who basically hasn't played for us in the league for a year now. Sure. That just sums it all up for me. What the answer is, I don't know. How the manager turns it around and instills some confidence, I don't know. It's very telling that once a player makes one mistake, then the confidence that he did have drains out of him. Parks being a prime example today who just slowly got worse. It was as if he was scared after he made one mistake that he sort of panicked ever more into making more mistakes. I believe we had the best striker in the league, but he can't score goals without service. And not once today did we get to the byline and put in a cross. Getting to the byline is a ba- is a basic of football. Yeah, he also goes on to say we need some stability in the team and a win, no matter how it comes even. And a goal win would do us at the moment, but just something to build on. Today on my way back home, there were a number of Orient callers on BBC London Radio talking about the O's. And one thing they all had in common was the fact they all believed we would drop out of the league. It's only early October and already fans are scared for our survival. I always say we've got to get behind the players. But over the past two seasons, that's becoming more and more difficult to do when you see players basically not putting in a shift. More scary is the club isn't that far away from self-destructing. We have to keep the faith as without that we will have no club. Up the O's and keep the podcast going. Cliff. Top man, Cliff. Mate, I'm going to give you a little back there. Yeah, well I think he's, he's hit the nail well so done. superbly on the head there. Well done, mate. Thanks very much for that. Uh, moving on to social media now. At Boats, he said, frustrating that we can't score and don't seem like we will. Alberto will need time. Yep. At David Rickard, AC, said, an awful second half performance. 
players look lost and couldn't be bothered. And that, again, that's the worst part, isn't it? Yeah. Just looking like they just can't be asked. Maybe it's not that they can't be bothered, it's just they lack confidence, maybe, oh. I think, probably. Um, at MJJ Scanlon said, playing well until we conceded, then heads went down. Parks didn't look comfortable with the mask. Yeah, Paul Jamo, 6-3. So just maybe the players are not good enough, regardless of who the manager is. Good point. Yeah, at John M. Pan H. 002 said, we, just, we can't just score. We don't even... Have to win. I just want us to stick it in the net. Yes, we all do, mate. At Vince Howard, 73, said, I didn't realise that when Alberto said he wanted to play passing football, it would be backwards. Yeah, but again, that's Portsmouth are pressing and into mistakes and that's just you're playing a good team there. You know, best and team because we didn't have natural midfielders, there was no one to drop yeah, in and yeah. pick out pick that out Richie J Bourne said this is seriously turning into the sit and turner era just don't look like scoring oh, sit and turner at Orient Fan TV said Cavacin after two games has a 100% loss record when will we ever score again let alone win relegation form at present I wonder what a certain Kenny Jacket thought of today's performance after watching from the West End at Wadsey made a very ordinary Pompey side look good That's what you said yeah bang on the money Simpson good touches with the ball but needs service same old story at Benno LOFC so performance was much better than under Andy Hessenthaler we can build on this we will improve if we continue to play on the deck need time to gel so true good point yeah yeah at Dear Stu different manager same result poor for 94 minutes easiest day for an opposition goalkeeper as I've seen no positives yeah day before really wasn't worked that much yeah. Andy P underscore 73 said my thoughts are we are entering a relegation dogfight at Taser Junior sorry Taser JNR said 1-0 flattered us the lineup shows he clearly doesn't know the players and the formation shows he doesn't know the league well it's his first game yeah, to be fair Give maybe, him... maybe a bit unfair that yeah. uh, uh, M0PHO says that wasn't the worst game I've seen still too much hoof ball to Simpson McCallum should not be playing. He's either unfit or he's uninterested. Nice touch with the manager wearing the O scarf. A bit more interested than Hess. Barking orders for 90 minutes. So that's that's a good point there. Hess, for me, never impressed me when he was managing because he just sat there, arms folded, folded very yeah. unanimated, where this guy seemed to be... Again, wasn't At it, one so. point, he called Jantz over, and I don't know to what level he either speaks Dutch... I oh, know Jantz or... speaks Italian. He was in Italy for a couple of years. Someone ah, yes, out. of course. Okay, that's a really out. good so point. They, so he's his Italian on the pitch general. translator. Right, yeah, yeah. okay. That makes absolutely perfect sense. What He I, he would call him over to give him instructions. Yes. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Orient set piece. He, he called him over. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well played. Cool. Uh, but I'm happy um, to see him be more active. Than his, oh, yeah. His he was shouting a good. lot. Yeah, yeah, good. no, it was good. Um, at Pank P007, Cavasin looks keen and fiery on the touchline, but the mediocrity is widespread. Only Hunt is consistently reliable. Yeah, more praise for I Hunt. think Kennedy was is, has also been very good, good as well. I think yeah, 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 more than one. Cool. At MB Quain said, if the O's players don't believe in this new goal with the O's scarf, things could get a little tricky in nosedive down football league too. Alarmingly, just looking at today's matchday program, we have lost five of our six league home matches. I mean, that that is relegation form. You only sit five out of six home league matches. Yeah, unless you're winning all your away matches, you're pretty much. And no disrespect, I mean, we've lost two. Like, we've, we've lost to Newport, Mansfield, and Yeovil, who who aren't yeah. going to be at the top end of that league. And Portsmouth and Plymouth weren't yeah. set your set your pitch on fire type. Uh, matches either at SR Barber 1986 no threat terrible sub choice when we were in the game sloppy passing and didn't look like scoring not looking good wow. at all at David TH6430 so that second half today was the first time I've seriously thought we were going to go out of the league no idea no guts that's a scary tweet that one for me yeah it's when people start believing we're going to go down I'm still not in that mindset yet but 
That's scary, man. Yeah. At the underscore Hillian said, it was a low-key game, but the O's did okay. The players put in a shift, just lacking confidence and creativity. Moving on to creativity, at Bradley Ackers 96, said, seen Dean Cox, there's two assists today in his non-league game, he just played, and we can't score. How could we let him go? I think Spot a few O's fans are probably feeling the same way there. At D David U, we offer no threat. When we go a goal down, the game is lost. The club is not structured for a relegation battle. So sad. We might stay up if there are two teams that are worse than us, but those teams will fight for every point. Will we? Good question. That, that is two questions. That's one Spot point bang on. on the money and a great question. Spot on. Ingleland 2010 says, got to get back to playing through balls for Simpson to run onto. Into his feet with a six foot five centre back on him. Is no good. At Sticky like 64. Encouraging signs today, in my view. Tried to play the ball on the ground. Need a commanding keeper, though. So she's like getting a bit, 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 bit yeah. there. At Paul W. E underscore UK says, So we need to give managers more time in order for them to be effective, but we also should slam them after two games? Question marks. So yeah. in, in relation yeah. to At Dublin's 10, there are no positive, no crumbs of comfort. The club has learnt nothing. We're going to be relegated. Wow. At Jimbo 1404, says, All three centre midfields out. I think the jury is out against the team that will be challenging at the top come the end of the season. At Jim586. Looked better under the new manager but lost it after the goal. Long balls forward kept on coming. The wingers worked better. Uh, if we had a McLeish Lisby forward to win a few free kicks and a Cox type player, we'd be fine. So the final word this week goes to Act Kevin Cowlin, who just says one word, gutless. Rock started at the top in 2014. Club is wrecked and only needs to go. Relegation is certain. Nothing in Cavazin's record in Italy suggests he was successful there. Why, therefore, would he be here? Nomo, Ericot, and Jans are conference players at best. And one of those replaced Coxie, who loved the O's and wanted to stay. So it's interesting reading those tweets. The first time, I would say, well, we've got a lot of people thinking we're going to get relegated. I haven't seen that before. Mm. Some people saying they're not happy before. But this is the first week where people actually are feeling back that they actually fear relegation. Mm. It's unbelievable. I have to say, I've not unbelievable. been a fan of I know you are, but for me. And no Mo, maybe you've got to give him a bit of time because he's not played that much. Yeah, but I know, but me, he's too early to call. For me, I'm not impressed with what I've seen. And Jantz is being played, he's a right-back being played in yeah. midfield. It's... It, you can't really judge him on that but anyway let's move on time will tell on those yeah. but I think going back to the Ants point I think yeah. if he is anyone who can get that message across on the pitch I think you're going to see him start more often than not yeah, yeah. more than likely yeah yeah. prediction league update so um, despite the abundance of, of predictions we had there were only two correct yeah. predictions so well done to David Barrett 15 and Orient Dave who guessed the correct score of 1-0 to Pompey so it stands that at Giorgio Irwin and Robert Locke 14 a joint first on 9 points with David Medjix and Grayno75, Mark Shepherd underscore 79, at MP Allen triple two, at Orient underscore 17, and at Orient Dave are all joint in second on seven points. So, so it's not that difficult, really. No. Three points for a win and a bonus a, for the correct A win can change the whole dynamic. Oh, sorry, three points for a correct score and one point for a yes. uh, bonus for the correct scorers. Yeah. So, you know, you can really be up there. Yep, so Fantasy Football League. Uh, George Stone is top of the league on 417 points. 12 points clear at the top, but 12 points isn't that much in Fantasy Football. I am now in 16th place, so I'm happy. And well I'm done from 29. Rising. I'm rising. Yep. So we've now got 60 players. If you want to join the league, get in touch with us. Give us a DM or an email or get in touch on Facebook and we will give you the league code if you want to join. Yep, cool. So moving on to today, Sunday the 9th of October... And I can't believe what I'm about to read here, but <laughs> yeah. this is absolutely outstanding. And, and you know, we, we will get down to see 
um, the ladies team point. play as soon as we possibly can. But the ladies team beat Ascot ladies 16-0. Right, that's 16-0 it was, in the ladies FA Cup. It was 11-0 at half time. Well, they did well to limit it to not to, to five in the second yeah. half. But six goals for Ella Meadowcroft, four for Sophie Lamarchand, two for Hayley B, two for Bellum Ripple, and two for Lydia Cooper. So Ella Meadowcroft scored two hat tricks. Yeah, double hat trick. Well done, ladies. It. So well you know, f- fair play. Sixteen well nil. Feel sorry for the Ascot ladies though. They took one hell of a beating, and they took defeat well on Twitter. They wished the uh, Orient ladies best of luck and Did said they? Uh, good luck in, in oh, cup run. That so is sportsmanship. Fair play. Well, so well played. Positives and negatives from the weekend. So we do have positives randomly. So we I'll scratched start. around so for these. Around. So first yeah. of all, the great game is brilliant. That's the first positive. Just go and see it. Just go and see it. Second of all, under 18s continue to win. So even though the season might not look good, the future looks bright with what we've got. Uh, and thirdly, even though we might not sound like it, the manager has done all right in terms of he's making changes to affect the game and he wants to play football on the ground. So you can see what he's trying to do early on. And it's going to take time. It's going to take time, but I, th- I think that's something that we thought was important to do that. So Yeah, that's fine. Cool. All right, negatives this week. Unfortunately, there are a lot more, but we've limited it to four. Yeah. Another home defeat, which means it's five out of six home defeats for us this season. I've already touched that. That's, that is relegation form. That is relegation yeah. form. And also relegation form, scoring one goal in the last six games. That's unbelievable. Can't, we can't buy a goal at the moment. Uh, we should have had a penalty on Saturday, but that's by the by. Lack yeah, but the Simpsons probably would have missed it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't, you don't even want to go down that route. Lack of available players through injury and suspension. So earlier on this season, we, we, we had an abundance of players, so much so that Alan Dunn couldn't even get a squad number. And now, oh, now yeah. we're scratching yeah. for, for players to, to, to be fit and ready to play. Yeah. Also, toxic, toxic levels of support amongst the fans have reached an all-time high. Yeah, morale, so. morale from the tweets that we got in after them actually seemed generally low and there's lots of talk. It's all um, negative, no, not, nothing really positive or, yeah. or, or finely balanced. So, but, we'll so moving on then to wrap the, this week's podcast up, Hero of the Week. We are going for two heroes or two sets of heroes. Two sets this, of heroes, yeah. This week. So the first one is Howard Gould and his team for all the community work done so far. Yeah, and the second... Uh, Part and second set of heroes are the great again cast and crew for putting on a fantastic, yeah, fantastic play. That so well done, to Steve everyone. Jenkins, uh, Peter uh, Kitchen, uh, everybody involved. So well yeah, played to well played everyone. Yeah. So next week's fixtures, just one fixture for the O's next week. So we entertain Luton at home on Saturday. Luton drew one all yesterday um, with Crew and Luton are currently fifth in League Two on nineteen points. So they're doing much better than what they were this time last season. It's going to be another hard game. They're very big and physical looting, so I and saw. And you know Scott Cuthbert's going to want it. And a big welcome back to my favourite fan of the podcast as well from his jingle when we first started. Scotty C. <laughs> you can't cheer him during the game. No, so, I can't. So um, that's it. So. That's it for us this week. Um, thanks for joining us for episode 81. It's been another absolutely crazy week down at Orient uh, with revelations from ex-managers about the current regime picking the team to actually appointing a new Italian manager that nobody saw coming and an appointment that has deflated most fans to watching a play about our club that will inspire you and remember what a great club this is. Yeah, to watching another disappointing performance yesterday that ended in another defeat. It's all going on. We're going to be back next week with episode 82 with all the information and views that you could ever need. And remember to keep your eye on our social media accounts in the weeks in the week for news, views and more. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, 
listen to the On Outlook podcast and this week we're playing out with Barry Galvin's yeah. Greater Game as you can hear in the background which I got distracted by um, so thanks for listening everybody it's been an, a bumper episode this week it has so up, thanks the, for up the O's yeah. Yeah. up the O's Close to him she'd 